Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Kirsten Dunst returns to television with her new series on becoming a god in Central Florida. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Yes, as I said, Kirsten Dunst, the main event on today's show, uh, and a unique opportunity for me. I never really had a chance to talk to Kirsten, surprisingly. She's very prolific. She's done it all. Um, but this was a rare treat, and I and I, I just loved her. I mean, I've always loved her acting. Shockingly, you know, she's very much a young woman, but she's already been acting for like 25 years, which is crazy to think of. But right from the start, you know, you probably saw her maybe at first with Interview with a Vampire, and then soon, very soon after, then it was things like Jumanji and Bring It On, and then she kind of moved into the Sofia Coppola movies and Eternal Sunshine, and then the Spider-Man movies. She's kind of lived a lot of different lives in acting. And then most recently, in, in recent years, she did go to TV and had a great part in the second season of Fargo. Uh, she met Jesse Plemons, and now Jesse Plemons and her have started a family. I love that couple. Love Jesse. Um... And so, yeah, this was, this was a real delight. She's in, in, as I said, a new series called On Becoming a God in Central Florida. Uh, it, is a, it is unlike anything you're going to see on television right now. It premieres August 25th on Showtime. Kirsten is the lead. And, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say too much because there are a lot of twists and turns even in the first two episodes I saw. But it takes place at least at the start in the early 90s. Uh, she plays a woman named Crystal. She's a young mother, married to Alexander Skarsgård. The family kind of gets involved in a bit of a pyramid scheme. Um, so it's, you know, it's like working class central Floridians. This is like a, you know, a strata you don't see in other television shows or really outside of the U.S. It's a very uniquely, weirdly American show. Um, it's quirky. It's odd. It's funny. It's dramatic. It's a lot of different things. Um, in many ways, like the way that, that Fargo was like a, a, a weird blend of things. Um, again, she was, uh, I, I, I discovered this when I was like kind of doing my research about Kirsten is that she's always been attracted. Like she has really good taste. She's worked with top notch filmmakers from the start. And I think that's certainly behooved her well. Um, if, yeah, I mean, if you just look at like the filmmakers, whether it's Lars von Trier or Cameron Crowe or Sam Raimi, I mean, she, uh, you know, she's always worked with, with great filmmakers and that's, uh, you know, she's made a, a ton of fantastic films in her career going back to interview with a vampire. Then you think of bring it on. You think of the work with Sofia Coppola. Uh, then you think of Fargo. And now you think of this, like she's done, she's done it all. So not only that, um, I think you're going to you're going to just really enjoy her. She's, she's raw and real. She came in, she was, you know, fighting like a stomach bug. It was hot in my office, but like she was in such, she was actually in really good spirits despite all those impediments. And just, we just relaxed into a groove. It was just me and her for about 45 minutes. And, um, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed getting to know Kirsten on this one and hopefully we'll have her on, uh, again on the next project, maybe future seasons of this show. Uh, a couple of things we reference in the, in the conversation that I want to make sure that you have enough context for in case I didn't set it up in the conversation. Um, we do talk about, late in the conversation, we talk about her working uh, on Melancholia, which is a great film directed by Lars von Trier. Uh, and I reference like, there was this infamous press conference that Lars von Trier gave in Cannes 
Kirsten's sitting next to him, and it's basically, Lars von Trier, if you know anything about him, is very controversial, a great filmmaker, but also he's kind of out of his mind. <laughs> and he's said some really horrendous things, none more so than what he said in this press conference. If you want to look it up for context, he basically like says positive things about Hitler. There's no other way to say it in this press conference. Who knows what was really in his mind, what he was trying to say, but um, we talk a little bit about that and what Kirsten was thinking during that infamous moment. But look it up on YouTube. It's, it's worth checking out. I also referenced something called like, the Cruise Cake. So if you don't know this, maybe we've talked about this on the podcast before. Tom Cruise, and I'm fascinated by this, sends a cake to many, if not all, of his like friends and co-stars over the years on their birthday every year, and it's apparently the best cake on the planet. So uh, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the cruise cake, because she, of course, did work with Tom early in her career. Uh, we also cover Spider-Man in this one. We talk about... People might not remember this, but I wanted to get her take on it, and she does, she does spill a little bit, at least sort of what it was like to go through this. Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire, of course, had played Spider-Man, Almost didn't return for Spider-Man 2. Um, there was reportedly a back injury he was fighting uh, when he was making Seabiscuit. And they actually had Jake Gyllenhaal basically on standby to play Spider-Man in Spider-Man 2. Now, where in the fact that Kirsten at the time was dating Jake Gyllenhaal. And you've got an interesting situation that I wanted her take on. So... There's the context for that one. <laughs> um, lots of good things happening for Kirsten right now. I'm very happy for her that she's found uh, a, a great new series to add to her, to her resume, and uh, and that she's you know started a family with Jesse Plemons. They seem like a great couple, so always rooting for both of them and happy for them. So check out the show. As I said, premieres on Showtime August 25th. Um, otherwise, what do I want to mention? Oh, let's see, let's see. Um, this week. I believe Britney Runs a Marathon opens in theaters. I haven't had anybody on from that one. I would have loved Jillian Bell if the timing had worked out. Who knows, maybe later on in the year. Um, she's always funny and hysterical. I saw this one in Sundance. It was one of the best things I saw in Sundance, if not the best thing. Uh, that probably in The Farewell were probably my two favorite movies. Uh, go check it out. Smaller film, but it is getting a theatrical release, so support that one. Uh, and yeah, I think that's about it, guys. Let me give you the usual reminders. Review, rate, and subscribe to Happy, Sad, Confused. Spread the good word. Uh, we have some cool Comedy Central After Hours segments that have gone up, are about to go up. We did one with Jacob Tremblay last week. If you haven't checked that out, please check it out. It's amazing. Uh, lots of Daniel Day-Lewis jokes in there. It'll, you'll understand after you see it. Look that up on Comedy Central's uh, After Hours YouTube page. Uh, and I think that's about it. That's enough plugs for one preamble, right? Uh, enjoy the main event. This is Kirsten Dunst. Uh, and yeah, enjoy. Shall we have a chat, Kirsten? Yeah, let's have a chat. Welcome <laughs> to my weird little office. Thank you. I know. I like all the things in your office. We're, we're unbuttoning things because yeah, we're all swelling. My jeans. <laughs> it, they're too high waisted. That's what happens when you have a baby. You just sit down and you unbutton things. Apparently, I've had a, a baby then because that's what I do all the time. <laughs> well, everything's so high waisted these days. Took off my shoes. It's good. I want yeah. you to feel comfortable. I'm very comfortable. Good, good, good. Um, it's a pleasure to have you. We've Thank never you. really chat. I've probably done like, talked to you on carpets or stupid junkets, but that stuff is not real. This is this is we're gonna get real today, Kirsten. Okay, let's we're, get we're real. Going to, one of us is gonna cry by the end <laughs> oh, of this. Oh God, I hope Ma not. Maybe both. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. I cried on the plane last night to some not great movies. So. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those altitude-based uh, cries. Yes, always. I'm really one of those people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're all. Everyone is. Yeah. 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 I, 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 dealt, I remember like a, uh, 
I don't know, I was like clearly inviting pain and misery into my life. Like I watched Terms of Endearment on a plane. Oh, And it was just wow. like, I mean, that will make you cry Sobbing. in any. Any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Feels good though. It does feel good. Yeah. Good cry. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about a lot of things. So your, your new show is wonderful. I watched the first couple episodes. Oh, you did? Uh, you, cool. can't, you can't confuse this title with any other title in television nowadays. No, it's very long. On Becoming a God in Central Florida. I got it. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. And when we were at YouTube, for a minute, yeah. they were like, we got, we need another title. I was like, no, this is a great title. Uh, and you can call it On Becoming a God. You, you don't have to say the whole thing. You could do the acronym, uh, O-B-A-G. No, that's not good. Never mind, I take that back. Uh, first of all, you're, you're, you're back in NYC. You, were, you, you lived here for a time. I lived here for five years, right around the corner from you. Is that right? Yeah. So are those fond memories? What do you remember of your five-year uh, time in, in NYC? Dancing at Beatrice Inn a lot. Do you ever remember that place? <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, yeah. I just remember, oh, there was this place called The Cabin. Okay. Down below, like, down below in the East Village. Just partying a lot. Yeah. That's what you do. You drink a lot. <laughs> when you're a young person in New York, you it's your oyster. The ear in all the time. It's funny. That was because, my local spot. Because I, I grew up in the city and I've lived in all different parts of Manhattan. And as I've gotten older, I've, I've gone to progressively less cool parts of town. It's like oh. I, I lived in, you know, East Village and Lower East Side. And now yeah. I'm like Midtown, Upper, you know, it's oh, like, really? <laughs> it's like I'm totally. Where are you now? Midtown. Midtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up on the Upper West Side. So I'm, I am I guess I'm just getting closer to my, my roots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I grew up in New Jersey, but New York was just. It's a, it's a lot. Like it is a lot. And now I have a kid. I just want grass that I don't need to worry if there's like a needle in it. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Just I just want to know the grass he's playing on. This is fair. You this know, fair. I just. So is LA? It's LA full time because I know Jesse spent a lot of time in Austin for a time. Yeah, and we were there for most of the summer too. Got it. So we're kind of gonna be back and forth. I think. Got it. Yeah. You like Austin? I mean, who doesn't like Austin? Austin? It's the best. Yeah. It's so chill. It just is like the best food, the best sushi I've ever had is in Austin. Really? Yeah. I'm, I was not aware. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? It's either Uchi or Uchiko. They're owned by the same guy, Tyson. Okay. He studied in Japan. And it's, it's, I went to LA and I had sushi with my friend at this random place and I was like, I'm having a hard time eating. It's like beyond anything I've ever had. It's incredible. It's one of the best meals I've had. This is, well, look, you can leave now because we've gotten the most vital information <laughs> yeah. that I Go need to personally. Uchi, sit at the bar and the older, Let them do their the thing. oldest guy there, you want to sit in his section and then you just, okay. I, I literally, I don't even eat foie gras, but my dessert there yeah. was like foie gras on rice with the sake whiskey, basically. Yes. I was like, I don't even times, know, yes. this is so not what I would normally have. <laughs> I was like, great, this is amazing. Amazing. Yeah. You get high off of it. That's how good it is. I'm high just hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have the contact high. Um, okay. So, so we'll circle back to kind of like the, this is your life kind of stuff later, but I want to talk a little bit about the show because, uh, it's interesting. Like th this show was your first gig after you had a kid. Mm -hmm. So how much like often are the, the jobs you take tied into sort of where you are in your own personal life? Like, do you find like, was this tied into sort of like where you were at in your life? And do you find that's generally the case where like, yeah, decisions are made based on like where your head's at, where you're living, yada, yada, yada. This, it was a decision three years before I even was oh, okay. pregnant or anything. So I just read this script and thought, this is one of the best things I've read. So it was based on that. And then we shopped it around, landed at AMC. They changed hands. It right. was a very long process. So they changed hands. We were just sitting there kind of. Yeah. And um, 
actually one of our producers passed away. Oh, no. Yeah. And then another producer left. It, it's at George Clooney's company. So yep. she left. So it was kind of like we were constantly just, you know, not knowing where it would land. And then we had Yorgos Lanthimos as our director I saw that. and yeah, producer. Yeah. We all were at YouTube, and then Yorgos left <laughs> to go make a great movie. But, right. But, like, so I just felt, even me, like, through, you know, getting pregnant, giving birth, whatever, it was, like, I guess almost a month before we were maybe going to, two months before we were going to start, I just was like, I don't even know if I could do this anymore. Like, yeah. especially after you have a kid, you're just in such a bubble. You don't leave the house. You know, you're just in, like, baby bubble. I just didn't think I had the energy or capacity to even do that. Right. But then we all talked again, and I was like, this is too good to let go. Yeah. So then we, we started. Um, at the end of September, we started. Well, that also speaks to the, the level and the uniqueness of the material. Because, like, yeah. oftentimes, I mean, I have this in different kind of projects I do, and I'm sure you do. Like, the first time you read it, yeah, like, it, there's a lot of excitement. And the first month or two and getting it off the ground. But, like, if you're in it for a couple of years and you still have – there's still that thing in your stomach that says – I don't want to let this go. Yeah. That means it's pretty special. Yeah. And I did go back and forth like a few times. I was like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> it's pulling me back that, in. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I was like, and also TV is so amazing these days. It's like you make money, people actually see it. Yep. And you get to play good roles. It, that doesn't like the indie movies a little bit. They get really lost. Bad place right now, unless it's. Roma on Netflix, unless yeah. it's like a major director or you've really, you know, you're, you know, you've really made something, you have to make something pretty extraordinary to break through now. Right. And it can be great. It could, but it just might not hit the right boxes. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's like, you know, I still go to Sundance every year for my job and like the percentage of stuff that like no one will ever see that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Is alarmingly high. I know. I know. And even yeah. TV, like, is suffering from this also. I mean, there's, there's, an, embarrass there's an embarrassment of riches. Yeah. Like, this is my job, and I still feel like, I don't know about you, I feel like I'm behind on a dozen so shows I things. need to watch. Yeah, me too. But also, yeah, I want to watch Fleabag. Fleabag's amazing. I want to watch that. That's next on my list. That's an easy watch. one, because that's like three hours. Each season's okay. like three hours. So and I loved Pen15. That was my that was one of my faves. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, uh, you'll good. enjoy it. Yeah. I just, I loved it so much. Yeah. Um... So yeah, TV's been pretty good to you too. Very good to me. I mean, already, yeah. you know. I mean, I found my man. You, found, you got a family <laughs> I out got of it. A family, yeah. And it was a pretty good show too. <laughs> yeah, Fargo was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you and Jesse have similar tastes in TV? My wife and I, like eighty percent, will watch the same stuff, but like there are certain shows that we're going off to our own thing. Yeah, us too. Like sometimes, because I think I fall asleep before him. But he likes those documentaries that are like documentaries that you watch in school where the where the narrator just puts you to sleep. I'm like, I don't want to watch a prohibition like three hour, four hour documentary on the prohibition right now. <laughs> so that's him. But I love documentaries. Sure. I just don't like those really long educational ones. Like baseball. Like I just want don't the quick, educate quick me. Version. me. Yeah, I just want a little bit of a fun version. I understand. And there's a lot of those now. Yeah, I prefer that rather than the five-hour, six-part series about yeah. the circus. And what do you watch that he can't abide by? Um, it was HGTV, but now... <laughs> An entire channel. Now he hates it, but he'll watch Fixer Upper now. And he watched it like all day with me. Because like, he's from Waco. He's from right. just outside of Waco. 
So he finally, but now I'm kind of over them, and he was like getting into them. So we missed the, <laughs> we missed the, Aww, the ship's boat. passing in the but night. But otherwise, we watch everything together. Yeah, like he'll watch Bachelor with me, Bachelor in Paradise. He'll watch all the crap with me. No kidding. Yeah, most of it. That's a he'll good couple. That's yeah. a sign of true love. Yeah. <laughs> Same for me. I feel like yeah, I, I watch a lot of Bravo by osmosis, but even I found, find that I've come to grow fond of Southern Charm. Yeah, I haven't. See, I haven't watched. I don't watch a lot of only the Bachelor. Batch, you know, those. Yeah, who I watch. you go to the highbrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just don't stuff. watch. Well, no. <laughs> like Jesse introduced me to Love Island. I was like, "What is That's this? This is horrendous." <laughs> <laughs> the British version or the American? Well, I saw one episode of the British and was like, "Holy shit!" Like this is how people. Like this is too nuts. And then he introduced me to the American version. I was, it's just mind blowing. I just yeah. I, I can't. I, it was. Just, it's a little too trashy for me. Yeah, it's kind of like old school reality. Like I think back to like the early days of early days, but like that that wave of reality in the '90s where it was like Joe Millionaire. Do you remember like these like crazy oh. high concept things that were like, how are they even allowing this kind of stuff on the air? I just remember Re- Real World. That was oh, the sure. only yeah I yeah. know yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah. But that's that was it. Me too. I, I loved yeah, the first few too. seasons of Real World. They're yeah. like ingrained in me. The first like three or four seasons. Oh really? <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, okay so sorry so back to, to important <laughs> stuff like this this highbrow uh, uh, project of yours. You did end up with a great uh, Charlie McDowell. Ended up directing the yes, first couple, I love right? Charlie, I've I've known Charlie from before this. Oh so, really? Yeah. Nice. I was always a fan, and he's just like a he's just a great guy. His stepdad's actually Ted Danson, right. and I worked with him on Fargo. So it was it just with Charlie, it feels like very family. Yeah yeah. So and his mom is on the show. His mom did a part for us on the show Mary oh, Steen nice. Virgin so. yeah, yeah. okay I've only watched the first two episodes so I haven't yeah. seen her yet but and one of my favorite episodes the Daniels did you know them yeah they did Swiss Army Man oh yeah I, I love Swiss I Army Man I know yeah, yeah, yeah. you will love that episode it's one of my favorites yeah I think it's five or six I don't know but each each episode was like it's little independent film and yeah. that's it's one of the things that's great about television because you get a new totally new vibe every week yes. week and a half but it's also one of the hardest things because if you get someone that you don't drive with you just kind of have to work with them for right. seven days. So talk to me a little bit about, so this is, look, this is not like CSI or a hospital drama. That's like an yeah. easy kind of like one liner that like it describes it. This is kind of like, I mean, I don't even know. So it starts in 92. Mm-hmm. It's kind of about the American dream in a way. It's a very uniquely American story. I don't know if there's like a central Florida equivalent in Europe, for instance. Definitely. Well, no. Not no, that I'm aware. No. Maybe there I is, think but Australia is always the closest to America, as yeah, right? Don't you think they're a little bit like us the yeah, most? I see that. Yeah, yeah. So what? Okay, so what's what is unique and what what pops off the page of this one about the, the character or the story of this? For me, it was just the whole. I'm into like cultish kind of things, and I just have never really explored. You know, the idea of. Ponzi schemes or multi-level marketing schemes. Like I didn't know much about them. I didn't have any family members. Right. But in the nineties, like, you know, with the minimum wage was so bad, like this was really helping people or so they thought. So I, I just was so fascinated by that whole idea and I hadn't seen a show about anything like that. So I always like when I find something that, you know, I haven't seen before. And the, the way the writers came, um, their their um, the direction they came from was so unique to me. It was like, oh, you like weird stuff, but it's grounded, but it can be surreal mm-hmm. and like, uh, yeah, I like that you kind of could do whatever with this show. 
I, I love this kind of like, uh, I feel like there's like a, a subgenre of film and TV that I've grown to love, which is, uh, I call the uh, ugly Alexander Skarsgård uh, work, <laughs> which is like Alex. I love his his choices. Well, I picked Alex for this. Well, you guys go back to Melancholia, Melancholia of course. Yeah. Okay, but so I was like, everyone, I was like, let's try Alex Skarsgård because we were, you know, everyone's throwing out ideas of mostly comedy people. Mm. And I knew he was like a goofy Swede. I worked with him. He was great in... Zoolander. Amazing. I know, but no one, everyone's like, he's so serious. I'm like, no, he's not serious at all. He's, a, he's really funny, actually. He's a crazy man. And he agreed to do, and he was great. Yeah, he's been on my list for like these kind of Michael Shannon shenanigans. I've been trying to enlist him to do one of these because oh, he's really? just a genius. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. is. And he's seemingly well, willing to do anything. Oh, anything. Right. That's the kind of actors I like to work with. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. So. Theo's like that too, who plays Cody. Oh, really? Yeah. And so is Beth, and so is Melvin. Like our whole cast Perfect. that we put together is just very. They'll do anything. Yeah. Did you ever, uh, your, the first glimpse of you in this, you bury your smile and it's like, oh, we're in this. Braces. Yeah. Did you have braces ever? I didn't because I was a kid actor. I was going to say, so you probably I got to. A, well, no, I had a. a retainer. A retainer. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd just take it out at school because it would make me have a lisp. So my teeth never got fully straightened, but it's, I don't really care. So what's it like to inhabit a character where like, I mean, the, the, the appearance is a very uh, important part of this character, of yeah. all the characters. The yeah. look of this show is, is, is kind of fascinating. Um, is, it must be a different kind of set of worries, concerns for you as an actor. Is it? Does it feel like a different kind of like thing to, to concern yourself with in terms of how the, uh, your appearance well, in this? Well, I actually, um, cause, because I was a producer, I hired my friend Stacy Patat, who did our costume. She did Beguiled with me with Sophia, and she yeah. works with Sophia a lot. So I wanted a girlfriend on set just because I you know, had just had a baby. I just wanted as much creature comforts as yeah. possible. And she's also very talented. But we discussed, um, you know, because the 90s are so hot right now, we didn't want any clothing that looked cool. Yep. And also I wanted a lot of repetition with her clothing. And then um, her look was I had a spray tan every Sunday. I couldn't even hold my kid. I hate getting spray tans. It's nasty. Seems Every it. Sunday night for six months, I got a friggin' spray tan. Wow. I, I don't, I know that means nothing to you, but like, it sucks. No, it means it. No, it's not. You're just naked, standing there, cold. You got to take a shower, scrub your body before, get off the old spray tan, get it done again. It's just, <laughs> and then I couldn't hold my kid. I remember the next day, like one day, my mother-in-law who helped me in New Orleans when I was working, was like... I think Ennis is getting some ready brown hair in the back. I was like, no, Lisa, that's spray tan. <laughs> it's like I dyed my son. Don't call child services. <laughs> it's like he's definitely not getting ready brown hair. I'm like, look at your son, look at me. That kid's not growing brown hair suddenly. Oh, no. Um, but, yeah, so spray tan and nails and just, yeah, it was a lot at the braces. It was a lot of look, but it's good. It's good to go for it. I like making yeah. a fun character. You, you mentioned you're a producer on this. You're an executive producer on this. Which yeah. I, is that the first time you've done? I did it on like a Friends movie, but okay, yeah, this but is yeah. the first one where I was like holding my kid, making phone calls. <laughs> so was it is it important to you going forward to have kind of a seat at the table? Like I'm sure you've been through experiences where in retrospect, oh, it would have been nice to have a like a, an actual on paper, you know legal voice yeah. in the process. I feel like good about it now, but there's some things though, I don't want all to have to be responsible for Yeah, all there's of enough it. job to be the actor. It's just like, especially, but this was good because the casting to me is so important with anything. Movies, it makes or break, like, makes or break, you know, a show. It's like sure. my friends was so bad. It's like the chemistry between people is all that matters. Yeah. So, 
Beth I had seen it. Beth Ditto I'd seen in a Gus Van Sam movie. And she had a smaller role, but she was just so natural and awesome. And I was just a fan of hers from before. And then Melvin I hadn't seen in a role like this. And Theo, I read with People for Cody, and Theo was just an actor that I knew I'd have such a great time with. He's just a – he's just – yeah, he's just – great has the freedom has the will do try anything so that and then I would look at Paul Thomas Anderson casts like I'd just go to his movies and be like oh okay maybe he's available that's how I casted some people in, this, in the show wait is it this is a tangent but I read this somewhere is it true that he recommended you to Lars yes for, so what's the connection there I don't know. I mean, this man, good, put me in one this of is your a good movies. To have yeah, on your put side. me. In, I know. We haven't even worked together. I'm like, please. He's like one of my favorite directors. I mean, no, I know. Lars told me that. Yeah, I don't know. So, do you have any personal relationship with PT? I mean, I've emailed him occasionally. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, not working. <laughs> Just read Writing that new a movie. film in the trade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good luck please, with that. Please, please. <laughs> do anything it'll happen it'll come uh, around that would be awesome but yes i would just look at his uh like cast yeah yeah one of our guys the guys that play roger the guy that plays roger penlin uh-huh he's in a couple of his movies amazing this is a good a good good, <laughs> good rule of thumb why not i'm like come to curious and he just looks at ball thomas Ayers. no i mean it's brilliant <laughs> um okay so starting to circle back around it's i mean it must does the math ever boggle your mind when you're like okay I'm this age, but like I'm 90% of my life I've been acting. Like I've been acting for like X many years. It, yeah. it must be kind of surreal to think about it in those terms. It is, but it's meant something so different for me over the years. Yeah. Like I had fun when I was younger. It was just something, it was fun for me and I loved it. And then it started to get not as fun for me. Yeah. And then it got even better for me. Like it kind of has shifted You've... over the years. I, you know, I wouldn't be doing this still if I didn't really love it. Yeah. But were there like so as a as a quote unquote child actor, were yeah. there kind of like things you had to unlearn as you kind of matured as as an actor and as an adult? Like because there are different things that kids can get away with and use and utilize, mm -hmm. like quote unquote being natural or, yeah. or whatever. No, I know exactly what you mean. I always worked with an acting coach that that I think gave me better tools than just, you know, you know, I know how to do you know, the the bag of tricks, I guess yes. that you're talking about. Um, and I just worked, I worked very instinctually, but then there's this whole other level that when you get older, you need to learn, you know, it's, it's, it, that starts to get too. like, if you're on set and you're in Spider-Man, you're doing like 50 takes of the same thing. You better learn some more tricks. Yes. So like that, I think I started to get, also I realized too, is it's very hard to work with actors that like, you don't like working with. It's just like any job, yeah. you're not going to be as good as your job. Yeah. You can try, you can try, but it's just, it's, you can edit together however you want, but like, it's just not going to be fun for me. Yeah. So. Does the same apply for directors? I mean, I'm sure because, you know, they're, they're the notoriously like asshole directors that are very talented. I honestly don't care if you're an asshole. If you make good cinema, um, oh, so, I'll be in your movie. Okay, so that, I don't care what you But do. why is it different than for a director than an actor? Because the director because will actually. I'm not doing the scene with the director. You yeah. know what I mean? Like. Yeah. I just, my, all my choices in my 20s were all director-based. I was like, director, director, director. I don't care what the role is. Because really, it's just, it, you know, you could have a great role and people, directors mess things up all the time. Yeah. 
I told all my like young actress friends, I'm like director, director, director. It's totally true. It's like I yeah. I always go back to the, the the famous like leading man example of that. I think is always is Tom Cruise. Yeah. You look at Tom Cruise in his twenties. He worked with Scorsese and Oliver yeah. Stone, and it was just yeah. like great he, directors. Directors that make good they'll make you they'll make and you look even good. If you're not even one of their good movies, it's still going to be a better experience. Like. You know, I loved Midnight Special, but that wasn't a huge hit. Like, Warner Brothers had changed hands, and, yeah. like, they were all into this. It was like a new Superman movie they had coming out. Right. So our movie kind of got, But the know, right people see Jeff Nichols' movies and appreciate yeah. Jeff Nichols' yeah. movies. So and it, I love it, and I'm proud of it. And, like, I would rather do that than any movie that's successful with, like, a crappy director. Yeah. Do you look at... Is there a demarcation point, like a, like a, a role where you felt like you were starting to, like be an adult actor where like you were like where there was a transition point for you. I, I think I can guess that. what that, what do you think? I would say vir virgin suicides for you. Oh, see, okay. Then there's two transitions. Okay. Yes. Virgin suicides for sure. Yeah. Because it was like people saw me in a different light yeah. as just not a little girl anymore. And I was lucky because it was Sophia. So sure. it was in a woman's hands and all the like, even though, you know, I was very lucky, you know, it's nice to have one of those. It's nice to like, be pretty in a movie of substance. You know what I mean? Not everyone gets that like iconic young girl thing and to have it be with a woman yeah. in those hands was like a very pivotal thing for me personally as a 16-year-old and then career-wise too. Of course. So I, you know. But the funny thing is with Soap is like sometimes I'm like no one, no independent spirit award, nothing. We like, no one ever, they're not. What do you I think that's about? Felt like, I always felt like, she, and then Marie Antoinette, everyone shafted, and now everyone likes that movie. All of her stuff. Yeah. I, just feel, I feel like, like she, she, what, she got a, maybe a nomination for Lost in Translation, I want to say. Yes. Screenplay, I feel yes, like, right? Yes, she did, and won. She won. Okay, yeah. there you go. But, but yes. I just feel like it, if that would happen now, because I just think it's so interesting to me, like, the different, you know, what people gravitate or to or, or just decide to celebrate, basically, well, or not to celebrate. Look, I mean, and, and there is definitely a, a, a gender part of this discussion where, like, the way she is, as you know, like, you're obviously close with her, she's very soft-spoken. Yeah, and, she's shy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's a sensitive, <laughs> shy, yeah. And and sometimes the people that, that in that kind of awards fray that kind of rise to the top are the ones that, that work the room and kind of are big right. personalities right. and, like... But I also think that people were probably like, well, she had help. She's copeable. You know, she's a copeable or oh, definitely at like, the beginning. I think you're right. Definitely yeah. Right. People but that. honestly, you could have all the help that you, you could have everyone great and make a shitty movie. It's pretty easy I've to make a it. shitty movie. <laughs> exactly. I've seen great people make not great movies. So it doesn't matter if you have all the, yeah. all help or this or that. Like she worked so hard to get that film all off the ground. What was the movie you were going to say? You were going to say something oh, else. I was going to say, I had like a transition in, when I was like 27 where I started working with this acting coach that really changed how I approached my work and everything. So, and the first time I worked with her was on this movie, All Good Things, which no one really No, saw. I've seen it. Okay. Andrew Jarecki. I love, I, I love Andrew. Have you yeah. talked to him? I've, He's yes. He's so fascinating. I talked to him way back when, you know what one of my favorite movies of all time is, and it's a, it's a doc. It's Capturing the Freedmen. Capturing the Freedmen. Fucking, I don't, can I curse on this? Yes. Show? Okay. It's, no, it is truly <laughs> it's like, so it would be top, good. it's like top 25 movies of all time. Like, I it's love that documentary too. I was like, this is incredible. So then when he was like, do you want to make this? Movie? I was like, yes, I loved his documentary. And then he made um, the jinx after that. Yes, he did. And guess what? He also wrote, helped write the theme song to Felicity. And he also created movie line and he comes, he's a man that comes from money too. Yeah. So like, 
he's in it for the right he reasons. Just, yeah, yeah, I yeah. I just can't believe like all the things he's done. Yeah. So, so yeah, that 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 was the first time I worked with this acting teacher that really just changed. Every, and I've worked with her since then. And that uh, correct me if I'm wrong in the timeline. Like that came so like post Spider-Man three. Post Spider-Man three is kind of like when you took you know you, you had some you had you you had some issues that you've talked about before yeah, right yeah I was you, depressed you were depressed <laughs> it happens to the best of us yeah it's not that mid twenties slump <laughs> yeah so like and that that was sort of where you because that was the first film I feel like out of that kind of period where you were kind of you were alluding to earlier questioning yeah. like whether you were even enjoying this yeah it was I needed a change yeah yeah and did, was part of that related to. Um, the Spider-Man three of it all because like being in that kind of spotlight and, and having the expectations on you at the time I or no, not had, really. I'd done two and one and oh, no, two I know, yeah. Like I didn't feel like it was that at all. I think it was more personal stuff like boyfriends or this yeah. or that it was never my career. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the only, the, the thing that actually in my career that bummed me out the most was actually, um, Marie Antoinette just cause I was the lead and like, it just, I remember people making a big deal about booing and can't, like no one booed at our premiere. Like it was yeah. at like some screening and we're doing Marie Antoinette in this very American way in France. Like it's pretty like yeah. different, but I remember it really hurting my feelings as a young 20 year old. Sure. Because you're the lead of something you love. So you like care so much and to have something when you're just vulnerable and you're young, sure. just sucks so bad but you're right i mean that's one that like even now I, no one poo-poos that movie that yeah has, i know has, it's like i think it's like one of the most instagram movies or something yeah something like that and it gave uh, a uh, infamous uh, episode of cribs hosted by jason schwartzman yeah in character that's right god you're good <laughs> yeah exactly yeah i love that guy he's i love that man the love sweetest. that man yeah yeah um but it's funny you say that like like you know having you know, a thin skin as an actor. I mean, they, we all have, th I certainly have a thin skin, but like you, again, you've grown up in this. Like you've been yeah. auditioning since you were a little kid. And like, yeah. I can only imagine like the insecurities that kind of stuff raises up in a kid. Like I, I would be, I was a wreck anyway as a kid, <laughs> let alone being like rejected by a room full of adults. Yeah. Did you, how did you handle that at the time? Okay. So for me, I didn't, I think because, okay, Virgin Suicides was great for me because I had Sophia as an example, just yes. as a woman who was older than me. And she was like, I love your teeth. Da, 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 da. So by the time I got to like the big, big Hollywood movies, like Spider-Man, where they were like, you should fix your teeth. I knew no. Like Sophia's way cooler than you. And she says, totally, no, totally. Like, I'm not going to get some <laughs> stupid veneers and be your dumb black blonde actress. Yeah. Sorry guys. But I had that. I always had, I had some good influence. I always went to regular schools too. So I never felt that insecurity. Like I'm not pretty or I gotta be skinny or I gotta be this or that. Like I never had like that kind of insecurity because I had my girlfriend. I was in my own world with my friends. Yeah. The only things, of course, I had heartbreaks when I didn't get things that I sure. wanted, and I cried like anyone else would, and that's it. When like, were you? When I, you know. When were you at your most monstrous of a monstrous? Of a, <laughs> oh shit! When, when did, I don't think I ever. No, was. you never went through a period where you turned into an asshole. Never. Really? Never. Good for ever, you. Ever. Ever. Because I hate those people. <laughs> I, I, oh my God, especially, oh God, well, I don't want to talk stuff, but like, yeah, yeah, when people get too like actory or actressy, you know, like just yes. every, you're not doing the most important job in the world, just, you, you know, just right. your job and <laughs> be nice to people and everyone's on this set trying to make, you know, everyone's working hard. Um, 
of course, I mean, the, the first thing that I think a lot of people saw you in was obviously, go, again, we're going back and forth, I apologize, but Interview the Vampire. My important question on that is, do you still get the Tom Cruise cake set, sent to you? Yeah, yeah, every Christmas. Okay. Cruise cake. Cruise cake. Yeah, it's so good. So he still does this with like new people he works with, I know. I've talked to like recent people. I mean, that. Ba- I think he keeps that bakery in business. This is what I'm saying. Like, does he literally <laughs> own a bakery? Is there a full-time Tom Cruise bakery on... <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts of this. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's, it's just this place. Okay. Jones Bakery in, in Woodland Hills. They just make the best best cake. And I he guess. infamously he sends it. to his co-stars and Everybody, friends. Everybody, yeah. I actually was off the list for a while. Then I ran into him, and then I got back on the list. <laughs> I ran into him like six years ago or seven years ago at some like party for some awards stuff. And... and and we chatted, and it was so good to see him. It was like, it's so weird to see those guys that you've worked with when you're a little girl, sure. and like you know, you're I feel like they're the, proud. The, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, oh, lunchbox. Yeah, Brad. I feel like they're proud too. They must feel some kind of yeah. Like, good on you, kid. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so wait, as you were leaving the conversation, were you like, by the way, cruise cake? You please. still have that cake? No, but I guess he just put me back on the fold. <laughs> <laughs> he runs over to his one of his twelve assistants, be like, yeah. "Put her back on." I think she's his earned sister's it. actually his assistant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She used to like be his own publicist too. I think. Yeah. I don't know, but like, yeah, he keeps in the family. He's from Jersey too. Fascinating. Yeah. I'm endlessly fascinated by Jersey. that man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so okay, so then. Okay, I'm this go for it. <sighs> <laughs> it's a little, a little steamy in here. Uh, it is hot in here. I also, apologize. It's yeah. the questions. No, it's okay. <laughs> I just know that like some of these things I could go on tangents in real life, oh, but you can't on the radio. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut this short so I can get the real stuff afterwards. Mm-hmm. Screw the listeners. I want the real stuff. Uh, little Women. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have little you seen women. the trailer for the new one? Is that what, so No, is that out? Yeah, the dead just oh released it. Oh, my God. It. I want to see it. It's pretty great. Um, who were you? Was there was any of that ensemble in particular kind of like mind-blowing for you to work with at the time that you looked up to? Um, okay, let me think. I'm putting my place myself back in the early 90s. <laughs> Hold on. Um, okay. I was too young for my so-called life, so I wasn't like, Claire Dancy, yeah. Um I think Winona was my biggest because of Edward Scissorhand. I loved that movie. That was one of my favorite movies as a kid. So that to me was pretty mind blowing. But it was funny too. I remember as a little girl like seeing Winona and her boyfriend with like dreads, and I was like, yeah, he's stinky. Like, but I was just a little girl. Yeah. But you know, she had this like boyfriend with like all these dreads, like this rocker dude. And I was making like me and um, Susan Sarandon's daughter, Susan Sarandon's daughter, Ava, yeah. like put on lemonade stands at lunchtime. So like we were, I always was very young. I was never, you know, I didn't like grow. If anything, this industry weirdly kept me sheltered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I I know that doesn't happen for everyone, but I always had my mom with me and like my brother and I always went back to my normal school. So little was just so fun. I think coming from Interview with a Vampire to have such a female coziness was very different. Is there any resentment that you've not gotten the call for one of these Jumanji films yet? It feels a little strange. I mean, everyone's making so much money off of my hard work. How is, <laughs> how is Nick Jonas in a Jumanji film before Kirsten? Yeah, people? exactly. Like, give me a cameo and pay me some money. <laughs> the Jonas Brothers are doing fine. He's, he's yeah, all settled. He's yeah, good. Yeah, you're right. They have Jonas Brothers money. <laughs> Maybe you need to start a band. I've been... <laughs> oh, Just God. looking out for you. 
Uh, yeah, you're right. Where's our Spider-Man four? <laughs> I know we're older, but we could, we're not that old. And J.K. got got back into it. Did you see? He that? did. You did you hear about this? No. He's playing. I'm J- not in the world. He's playing anymore. J. Jonah Jameson back in the in the new Spider-Man movies. I'm so offended. <laughs> <laughs> Can't have you they, watched? Have you watched any of them? Even the Avengers, I feel like they pepper people in, and people don't even know they're in the movie. <laughs> Gwyneth doesn't even know who she's working with. Have you heard all those quotes? <laughs> no, no, oh, that's so funny. It's though. pretty great. Um, so there have been like I think five or six different Spider-Man movies since you arrived. I'd like those residuals. Like, <laughs> like just put me in as a ghost. I don't care. Have you seen any of them? No, but I'm not a. I'm not it's not a, your thing anyway. Yeah, no, I I never would have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I was younger, I guess the I loved the Batman movies when I was younger. Yes. But other than that, that was all I really. I love this. I, I saw when I was reading about Spider-Man, like you were so self-aware in in a good way. I think, Uh-oh. like, no, no, this is good. I think you, you said this at the time. Oh. I think you said I really wanted the role because I knew it would give my career a boost, especially in foreign markets where I don't <laughs> feel I'm that well known. I mean, look, that's like an honest part of the. I mean, look, you also are working with Sam Raimi, so like Listen, he's a genius. I did it because of Sam Raimi and Toby. I love too. Yeah. But I think that's the part of the press junket where you're so tired that you're <laughs> they like, wore you down. I don't know what I'm going to say now. <laughs> yeah, they wear you down. You're just so tired that you say things and you're like, I mean, that is a very astute thing of me to say, but. It's an honest thing. And it's honestly. It that I was, I didn't take that role because of that. No, I get it. Yeah. But by the way, it kind of came true too. Like then you get to work with people like. Cameron Crowe, Michelle yeah. Gondry, and like that's probably somewhat connected. Oh no, no, actually, you know what? I probably said that post Spider Man because people, I said I'm now a lucky, and uh, now I'm afforded to make the films, you know, yes. or help finance films that I'd really like to be a part of. So totally. yes, in that makes sense for later. I don't think I would have said that during the Spider Man. Fair enough. Or maybe yeah, on the independent film tour. The, uh, this is very old history, but I'm just curious about this. Okay. Spider-Man 2, there was a time uh-huh. when Jake was going to take over the role for a second. I remember that. You were, I think you were seeing Jake probably at the yes. time, right? <laughs> oh, Did that put you in a weird spot? Like, were, like, were you... Um, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was kind of like, you know what? There's something that's so crazy that's happening that you kind of get like a weird... Uh, you're kind of like, well, this is so crazy that it's kind of fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what the hell is happening? Like, whatever happens, happens. I was like, this is nuts. Yeah. That's what all I thought was. Like, this is so crazy. Because Toby, for a time, he got injured on Seabiscuit, and then I guess they were, Jake was plan B, and in, in the end, Toby ended up being okay enough to do it, supposedly. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know this is another t- tangent that she has to give off mic, apparently. Um, it was just, Yeah. It was weird. It was funny. I was just like, whoa, this is crazy. That's all I thought. I literally was just like, whoa. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um, <laughs> the, the, the fabled abandoned Spider-Man 4, did you ever read a script for that? The Wait. Um, no, I didn't. No, I was just thinking about Spider-Man 2 poster because I was on the poster and Spider-Man Masks was, but meanwhile, everyone else making so much more money than me. And if that whole pay disparity thing happened then, I would have made so much money. <laughs> <laughs> so when you see a poster was, for Spider-Man... so low just, on the totem pole yeah. compared to Toby. I was like, oh, crap. You, you keep talking about how I'm the heart and soul of the movie with Toby. Where's the Yeah, where, where's, yeah where's the exactly. Paycheck? You're willing to switch him up, but... <laughs> That's funny. Um, it's very hot in here, I'm right? I'm sorry. I know. Oh, because you have to shut it off for the sound. 
Yeah, got it. We're almost done. I know. I'm just getting overly heated. <laughs> this is when the good stuff is, again, this is the end of the junket when all the good stuff comes just out. giggling, yeah. <laughs> no, I have to be careful. <laughs> did, um, so Spider-Man 4, did you, have, you never read a script? There was nothing. A, a I had nothing? no idea. No. Nothing. From what I gather, it was, it was Malkovich was going to do it and Hathaway, and then all of a sudden. Really? You never heard that? No. Malkovich was Vulture. Anne Hathaway was like vultress, apparently. I never heard any of that. This is true. You know more than me. Sam's been here. Mr. Ramey's you know spilled all. Um, all good. So okay. Was was also was a big turning point in recent years. Fargo. Did it feel like that was a big because you had point for well, just meaning you hadn't done. I mean, aside from like a stint on ER when you were probably ten or something. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't done TV in a while. Yeah. By then, it was it was cool again to be back in TV. So it was it didn't it was, feel like a. I was still like I don't know if I'm, I was still like TV. I wasn't sure, but then um, I watched the first season and I was like, oh wow, this is really great television. Yeah. And I met with Noah Hawley and I read the first episode and yeah, I I, I knew that whatever this character, whatever her journey was going to be, was going to be crazy and fun to play. Wait, where do you think, like, you developed your taste in filmmakers? Because, like, you clearly, like, there are two two reasons probably for the great career you've had, which is talent and good taste, I would argue. Thank you. I appreciate that because it, it's true. It's all you. It's your taste at the end of the day. Yeah. That's and, all it is to everyone's careers. And, if and you, like, how many movies to make, how many little movies to make, even when you're not in a great area, like, yeah. when to hold back and just, like, yeah. And I would think, like, you know, in times when you need a boost, you can look back at the filmography and you, you know, you've got a good half dozen, like pretty amazing Deece. movies. Deece <laughs> like, moves. <laughs> no, you've probably got 12 Deece moves and like six, like borderline classics. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. I was just like, I want to be in criterion collection. movies. That's when I was a kid, I was like, I didn't know about it. And then I like started to get into cinema and like, you know, I would watch like the night Porter or like, don't look down. I started to get into movies and good movies, and I was just like, I want to be a part of that kind of yeah. thing. I just wanted to be. That was when you know uh, the CD store. What do you even call it? <laughs> <laughs> like no. a tower video kind of thing. Thank you. About? Yeah. yeah, but like, what was the other one? There was like tower, and where you go and you oh, can listen on your headphones. HMV or yeah, something. Uh, I don't okay, know. Okay, okay. I just remember listening at the stations but you'd go upstairs and there'd be all the the criterion com- sure. movies and everything and i just look through and i was like i want to be in this collection well you've done it so far we got one one criterion yeah what's the one virgin no. suicides i'm surprised i'm sure melancholy i was gonna say melancholy so be then there. i've got two <laughs> that's all i care about josh <laughs> wait, what was the first be... wait what about eternal sunshine that's gotta oh, that's be criterion gotta be <laughs> <laughs> I once spent. I once had lunch. And uh, Sophia might have a box set one day. Uh, yes. Total. So then I'll have Jeanette <laughs> in there. Which might, yeah. Who knows? Uh, stick with Jeff Nichols. He'll take care of yeah, you. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Keep emailing PTA. He'll get yeah, you in exactly. there. Exactly. Please, PTA. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you keep a short list of the of the directors? Like, can you will that into existence the directors that you're chasing, or is it sort of I just mean... at this point they come to you and? No, no one comes to me. (laughs) (laughs) She's available. No, I feel like it's hard these days. You kind of like just, you don't know. These people write like one movie a year. I know. What am I talking about? One One movie every every five. You know what? This heat's getting to me. I've barely eaten because I have the stomach flu. So I got to drink my (laughs) Coca-Cola. It's getting to me now, Josh. I'm like getting really hot in here. Um, Speaking of getting hot in here. (laughs) (laughs) There are little M&M's over here if you want. A little sugar rush. 
Okay. Um, um, did what was going through your mind when Lars von Trier was talking during that press conference for Melancholia? Oh God. I just watched the video I again the other day. I felt so for you. upset for him because I know that he didn't mean how what came like what came out of his mouth. Yeah. Is not totally reflective of that ma the man you knew at least. It's just what he was trying to explain how it started and he got provoked was someone asked him on your mother's deathbed didn't you learn that you weren't german you were actually jewish right so that's where it came from so when someone asks you about your dying father and what he said to your mother and you finding out that you're different than what you thought you were it's kind of a fucked up question to ask somebody yeah that's the basis but then whatever he took that and t her tangent i was like die i wanted to melt i just wanted to run over and shut his mouth up so bad i just i was like i didn't know what to do i was like you're literally i, I was just you're mortified you're potentially ending your career in front of i was just mortified i didn't know how bad how like how because he says crazy things of course sorry i'm eating my mouth. no it's okay we're keeping I you alive know. it's okay <laughs> i don't know how bad it was, I didn't know because he says weird things all the time. Right. And I wasn't totally listening to everything that he was saying. I was just hearing things, snippets in my brain, and melting at the same time. So, um, yeah. I just, I felt bad for him, but I also was mortified. Yeah. It's probably a similar kind of environment to this where he was melting in his seat. You're melting right now. Low blood sugar. <laughs> I know, sugar. I, M&M's melt in your hands, actually, <laughs> not in your mouth, in your office. <laughs> I'm going to let you go, not because I'm out of, run out of questions, but I fear for your health, and I want to keep yeah, you alive. Like, <laughs> it's really hot. I'm just getting over food poisoning. Oh, no. No, it's okay. I'd rather be hot than cold. I disagree. This is our first really? point of disagreement. I'm sorry. Yeah, not a... I'm not a beach guy. Look at me. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, like, a, beach I'm like a troll New I'm Yorker. A I'm like a girl. cave dweller. I'd just rather be hot than freezing. I don't want to be either, but I, I hate the feeling of sweat. I just don't like sweat. Oh, uh, well, all I've been having is night sweats because of my illness. So I changed three times the other night. I was like, ah, at least I'm getting it out. But right. food is still weird for me. Yeah. But these M&Ms are delicious and this Coca-Cola is helping me. Excellent. I, I hope that this gives you the boost you need for... My next interview? Yeah. And my all, whole other day? Oh, no. Don't think about it. It's good. Okay, one at a time. Have you ever heard of AOL Build? Yeah. Okay. Well, They'll be nice to usually you. you do it though with like four or five other people. Oh, is it? Or like other cast members or a director. It's it was just, just you? me talking. This was just you talking just now. I know. It's so tiring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I don't talk this much in real life. I barely talk in real life. Me too. This is like the only time this I speak to another human being. Talking. Yeah, this is basically the only time I do. Jesse and I are just like, we look at each other. We're like, uh huh. Yeah. Like we know each other. It's not like we need to have diatribes about what we're eating or anything. Samesies. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking my language, Kirsten. <laughs> um, thank you for sweating it out with me. Yeah. <laughs> Button everything up before you go out into the, the rest of the world. Thank you. Um, congratulations on the show on Becoming a God in, in Central, Central Florida. Florida. See, I remembered it. Yeah, uh, you did. Everybody check it out. Uh, it's a great, unique piece of work, as most of your work is. That's kind of you. Thank you. Um, I'm very proud of it. You should be. You should be. Uh, you're welcome here anytime. We'll get the AC working next time. Okay, I great. <laughs>
<laughs> just have a low fan. That's a, okay, like a whole little din. Silent, silent. I'll just wear like less clothing. Next right. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that seems as good as any place to end the podcast on. Okay. <laughs> and so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. Ha, ha, ha.